This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, episode 61. If I sound a little bit more chipper than usual, it is because there's a lot of hockey talk going on in the world, and it's not just us now. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Horwat, and we are going to talk about some hockey talk, but it's great to see the entire world start to join in on the conversation. Not that there wasn't people before, but now it seems like a lot more people are getting excited and getting amped up for this possible 24-team playoff format. So how are you, Mr. Horwat? And how amped are you to see all this hockey talk going on? I'm doing well, and it is very reassuring to see hockey talk happening. The It's been fun seeing there's positives coming out. We're you know moving into phases of our own in the hockey world. We're moving into... Um, Gary Bettman being, you know, your governor for now. But my one downside, and this is my one gripe with this whole thing, and I think it has been for a while, is, dear God, we are putting it off for so long. Not putting it off in a bad way, but, I mean, it's talks that games won't restart until August, which, at what point do you say, what are we doing here putting it back that far? That's just my thoughts on it. I mean, I think August is really, really late to restart something. But, I mean, we knew this the whole time. Bettman was hell-bent on getting the season going again. I'm not faulting it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing we're restarting late. I'm just saying there's some drawbacks to waiting that long. But, hey, people have their opinions. I've been seeing a lot of people say that, why are we not just scratching the season? The first thing of note that Bettman said in his uh, little video conference was, fans and players overwhelmingly want this back Mm -hmm. and that's not very true (laughs) i feel like there's a ton of fans that are saying just stop it just let it let it go for this season and just let it move on into next but i mean hey i guess that none of that really matters because we are set to have our 2014 playoff and the regular season is effectively over that is what we have and yeah i understand that there are are a good bit of people that are against it but if he says it's an overwhelming amount of people that want to see hockey back i truly do believe that not to say that there isn't people that oppose it there is and there probably is a a large number of people and probably a decent number of nhl players that Mm -hmm. don't want to return either but if they're moving forward with this especially if the nhlpa specifically is moving forward with this you have to think that it is at least an overwhelming amount of people that are for and pro returning to the nhl this season and not against it but before we move any further we do want to mention one thing we do have merch as we started <laughs> mentioning last week it is at tip of the iceberg so go over to that website check us out Get some merch, get your tank tops for the summer because it is starting to get real hot. And then get your coffee mugs because what a better way to open up the morning than drinking coffee out of a beautiful tip of the iceberg coffee mug. So like I said, that website is tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. So go ahead and check us out on there. But we are here to talk hockey and we've already mentioned it a little bit. Gary Bittman had a really important news conference last week to discuss the return to play format. Now he had three things really to say. We're going to go down through it. 
talk about what he mentioned and some of the things that he said and give you our opinions on it. The first thing that he mentioned and talked about was, of course, the 2014 playoff format. He confirmed that that is what they were going to do, but there are still some details that need to be nailed down in this, Mm -hmm. one of it being the length of the quote-unquote first and second round. We have the play-in round that we know will be best of five. We know the round-robin series will be, of course, a round-robin among the top four teams. But will the first and second round be five or seven-game series? That is one of the big things. Horat, what do you think? Do you think we should go with five, or once we get to that final knitting of 16 teams that's normal, should we go best of seven? That's so hard to say. I mean, adding those two extra games... I think is another reason why it just makes everything longer. It pushes everything back. It keeps making, making things longer. I kind of want this to be wrapped up as quick as possible. I don't know why I do, but I want to get in, have fun with it and enjoy it, but then wrap it up because I'm not trying to push this season into the fall. You know, I don't want Mm -hmm. the Stanley cup to be awarded whenever a normal season would be starting in October. I'm not saying it's going to take two months or three months to go through, but, you know, a normal playoffs takes a little while, and that's kind of what they're shooting for here, it seems. So I would I would say you're going to have to truncate it in some way. I would say make them – hell, I would say make them both five games, the first make two rounds. The first round and second round, I guess, because it's going to break down into essentially a regular playoff series, isn't it? It will eventually. Yeah. And I think the big thing – that you mentioned, and you said it perfectly, timing. Mm -hmm. Timing is so important to all of this, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the return-to-play phases that we have to go through just to get to this 2014 playoff. Yeah, and and it is more than just that. I I have other notes on this whole thing that, you know, are kind of really throwing me me for a loop here. I mean, when we get to the point of just talking about the return-to-play thing, we can discuss it because some of it's interesting, I'd say. But as for this playoff round thing, I'd say, I wouldn't say make them all five rounds, but I'd say consider making more than just one of them five games. Because it's just, you're pushing everything back. One of the big problems that the NHLPA and some of the players have is being quarantined for how long they're going to be quarantined for if their team continues to win throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And in the way in which they're going to be quarantined, that's all stuff that the NHLA and the NHLPA are still continuing to discuss and try to nail down all the details of that. Me personally, as much as I'd love to see once you get to 16 games, do best of seven because, yes, that is normalcy. And that's what we're all searching for in the world, not just in the NHL, is a sense of normalcy. But, again, you said it perfectly, timing. If they don't have the amount of time to do best of seven for four rounds after that quote-unquote play-in round, then okay, I can see the first round going best of five. But to me, if you really want to have the prestigious Stanley Cup awarded in the fall, you should try to make those as, as best as you can best of seven series once you get the 16 teams but again that's just my my belief but again you, you mentioned it timing timing is key something else they talked about is where are you going to hold the conference finals they mentioned which was surprising to me because we're splitting the two host cities in conferences why would you move people after the quote-unquote second round and the two conference finals into the same city to me go until you have to move one single team why would you risk moving two teams to another host city before you already have them in the same city? Just play the series there. To me, that should be what they do, but they're still deliberating on where they should do that and how they should do that. To me, it is stay in your host city till only one team remains, and then whichever city is better off from the COVID-19 standpoint, mm-hmm. 
they have to travel because they haven't had to deal with as much. Yeah, and you could even do have like you could have a third city ready to be the to be the Stanley Cup final home. Almost you could because it just to make it fair that one team did have to go through or both teams did have to go through travel to get there. There's no reason why a team should be traveling for the conference finals, especially whenever you already have limitations on how many people you're bringing in. You're maxing at 50 personnel, which I'm assuming yes. includes the tw- the 20-man roster plus the coaches. expanded roster, it's not just 20 now. That's another thing. Rosters are expanding. Yeah, so does it include like the 30-man roster and mm-hmm. coaching staff, which let's say that's about – let's say that's 40 at that point. And 10's being generous for a coaching staff, but I'm thinking coaching, managerial, and training training stuff. So then you have 10 extras you can take, and who does that entail? Is that media? Is it your management that is normally not there day-to-day? It, like, would it be Jim Rutherford, who, let's be real, doesn't need to be at games? <laughs> Especially if it's the playoffs. Like, you're not going to make a move. Yeah. It's who are you bringing along here? Are you bringing along your statisticians? Are you bringing your full equipment staff? Are you bringing more medics, maybe? Or more medics? More trainers, maybe? Like, what are you doing with this? Like, maxing it at 50 is a very good move by the NHL for in that sense. But a matter of moving them before the finals, like the Stanley Cup finals, just seems useless. It kind of eliminates it. Yeah, you're trying to get more cities involved, but when there's no crowd, I'm going to say right now, like, we're going to make our pitches for you know pittsburgh being one of them in a minute yep but overall i'm not too worried about what city it's gonna be in because there's no crowd and that's the biggest part of it being in a certain city i mean without the crowd it's you know it could be it could literally be held in a college town and no one really know the difference before we move on to talking about host cities because that's another thing we need to mention and and you also mentioned that we're going to give a pitch as to why Pittsburgh should be one of the final two host cities. Mm-hmm. You kind of answered your own question there, and I didn't even think about this, as to why they would move the teams before the conference finals. That way, both, say the Eastern Conference teams need to move to the Western Conference hub city. Mm-hmm. Both teams are equal in travel there, and you don't have to worry about moving one team over the other once you get to the finals. You would move both teams at the same time, so they both deal with the travel. Like, both Eastern Conference teams in this case would deal with the travel, then play each other in the conference finals. And by the point that you reach the cup finals, that travel is null and void. It's not really a big issue because you have already played a series and you've been in that host city for at least probably, what, two weeks? That's how long a series lasts, especially if it's best of seven. So... You might have answered your own question. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about, and I'm sure the NHL and the PA, the Return to Play Committee, is thinking about all these scenarios, and I'm sure we're not going to throw anything out that they haven't already considered. So we're just trying to get this as an understanding for us and our listeners. But you did raise an interesting an interesting point there that I never would have thought of. But I have one more note on this whole thing. So Okay. I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, and he mentioned that from a – reputable source I don't, I don't remember the source exactly but it was from a one that you know is verified and is possible to happen so i don't know the full details of it but when it comes to cases within an organization a team can get max of two positive cases and i don't know if that's players or organ or organization wise and still be eligible to play so in hindsight you could have 48 cases throughout your system and you're still playing clean huh yeah i was of the mindset that 
in any sport in this situation, they're going to get one and call it because you just – it spreads like wildfire. Like, yeah, especially in, in an NHL locker room. Yeah. We saw what happened with the mumps a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, so it's <laughs> it being two cases, and again, I don't know if that's two players or two of your 50, that just seems like quite a – smudge on this whole thing because what the hell is this because you shut it down before you knew you had one in the first place and i yeah. get you were doing it for fan safety and legal reasons yes uh, yeah that and makes you were sense just following suit with the nba right but at the same time it took one case in the nba and it was over yeah it, it, it is an interesting point that is raised and i think that's probably something else that's on the table as in we need to discuss this it like protocols be, yeah. if it enters like, I feel like that can't be the finished product of how we're going to deal with that instance. So I would right. imagine there's probably more to come. Not to say that I don't think that's a good source, and I don't want to call out the Steve I, Dangle podcast. Yeah, either, I don't remember the source. Exactly. I think that might be a leak as a possibility yeah. and not an actually confirmed legislation in the NHL. And like I said, I knew none of the details to it. I just heard it from another podcast who said it was from a source who may have been in on questioning of things. So... I don't know exactly. Go back and listen to yourself. Try and find it yourself and go from there. My thoughts on that are you just can't be doing that. <laughs> no, that is that is not the best way to do that. Right. We did mention host cities, and mm-hmm. one of the big things is Pittsburgh is in the final 10 of the host cities to possibly be one of these two hubs for hockey for the 2014 playoff. Also included in that final 10 are Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton, St. Paul slash Minneapolis, Minnesota, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Columbus, Dallas, and Chicago. So those are the 10 host cities, and that's basically all he mentioned about the 2014 playoff format. Now, something else he mentioned, which was new, the next two things we mentioned is going to be something that was new. The return to play phases. Phase one, currently, we're in. Player self-quarantine. We've been in that for the last two and a half months, so clearly that's going to be the longest one. Phase two, from what we heard will begin in early June at some point, and that is when players can skate at team facilities. No more than six players can be skating at a time, and it is also optional to each player whether or not they decide to skate. So basically, optional workouts, basically. But something else I saw is if you go on with a group of six, that will be the same group of six people that you are allowed to practice with throughout the entirety of Phase 2. So later, probably next next episode, we're going to have to do... What five players would you choose to be in your little hub for phase two practices? So just start thinking about that. (laughs) Start thinking about that. But that is what phase two is going to be. And that is going to go on until they get the go ahead to do a training camp, which will be phase three. Now, NHL players and general managers got word that no earlier than July 10th will they be heading into phase three, which is the training camp. So we have to know we will at least wait till midway through July to see phase three happen. And of course, phase four. That's playoff hockey, baby. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it'll probably happen maybe in August, early August, maybe maybe late July with a couple days left. But well, it's going to be a couple months until we hit phase four. That's for sure. So I think they're trying to do a three-week training camp. So even if one starts, let's say it starts July 10th on the nose, they're starting three weeks later for playoff hockey, which is definitely in August. That's like the first day of August. There's what? There's what? 31 days in July. So that'd be exactly July 31st. I believe 30. Done. 30? Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm not that smart. It's 30 or 31. I can tell you that. Uh, well, yes. July 31st. Pretty, All right. I was wrong. Way to go, bud. Ha! I was right. We'll take that. But the last thing that Bettman talked about was the NHL draft. 
and wow, did they You can really handle that just... one. I understood just about none of it. <laughs> what we're going to have is two lottery phases. He didn't really mention anything about the actual draft. We don't have a date for that, but we do have an idea of how the lottery is going to go and how the order is going to be determined. Phase one, we know will definitely happen on June 26th. So that is the one of the few dates that we got out of Gary Bettman last week. But phase one includes the seven non-competing teams and vacant spots for the eventual play-in round losers. The I think that would be, what, eight play-in round losers? And yeah. that'll make up 15 lottery teams, just like the normal NHL season. If a non-competing team wins all of the top three picks, there will not be a need for phase two. In phase, For the phase one lottery... All of the top three picks, pick one, pick two, and pick three, will be drawn. And the rest of the teams that are not picked in those will drop down in reverse order of win percentage. So basically, it's how a normal lottery will last. But say a team that is currently playing, or one of the random spots, I should say. It'll be a vacant spot. If one of the vacant spots wins one of the top three picks, then we're going to need to do a phase two. It'll be from a pool of the play-in round losers. So say the Pittsburgh Penguins end up losing to the Montreal Canadiens. They will then be put into a lottery if phase one goes that certain way to get one of the top three, one of those vacant spots. Okay. So it's a very confusing process, but what we do have is essentially an idea of how the lottery phase is going to work. The easiest thing that I can say is there's a high percentage that all of those top three picks will be picked by a team that is not continuing to play in the play in rounds. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen, but they had to leave a chance for the teams that lose in the play-in round. So look it up if you'd like. If you want more of an elaboration, call me <laughs> or message me. I'll try to explain it the best I can. That was the best I can on here. But if you need more of an explanation, I'll, I'll get you after that. But following the Gary Bettman press conference, Jim Rutherford had a news briefing. As he should. As he really should, especially after learning that they're going to return to play. Updates on a couple injured players. Jake Gensel. Rutherford said he is rehabbing his injury right now, mm -hmm. and all signs currently point to him being ready for a late July start time. Good. So like we've mentioned a couple times, Jake Gensel seems like he's tracking on the way to be healthy by the time we return to play, if we return to play, because it is technically still an if. I will say that. And, oh, yeah. Don't want to get too excited. Yeah, we should. We never really preface that. This all could be ended by just one government saying no. <laughs> yes. We never really mentioned it, that because that was another point I had was, A, the borders are still closed, so whenever – in the discussion of hub cities, I really don't know how we're going to be able to do a Canadian city because Justin Trudeau yeah, will I think that's our literally first, say no. <laughs> that is literally our first points. Both of ours are probably just yeah. like, you know, they need to be in the same country, whichever hub cities you choose. And it, there's more options in the United States right now. Yeah. And like I said, this could all just be ended if Justin Trudeau and or Trump just say, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. If they say no, it's over. We have nothing we can do. We are still in the fate and the hands of the coronavirus and COVID-19. That is basically all you need to know. If that takes a turn for the worst, the NHL is going to take a turn for the worst on his return to play. That's all you really, that's, that's really the law of the land right now. But anyway, back to Jim Rutherford's meeting. We had to get that away because we forgot to mention it. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just backtracking a little bit. But like we mentioned, Jake Gensel will be ready to play on what a lot of people are projecting to be the first line and the reunited Sid and the kids line. So we'll see if that's <laughs> what happens, which I don't know if I'd necessarily do that, but we already mentioned that on an episode, so I won't get into that. Somebody that we have been trying to talk about for the past <laughs> four weeks, and I'm sure we'll get to an actual segment about him, Nick Bugstad. 
We've pushed him back in our rundown so many times because other things have come up. This mm-hmm. week, it happens to be a Jim Rutherford and Gary Bettman news briefing on two back-to-back days. But Nick Bugstad, in the meantime, has suffered a setback in his return and will not be available for the playoffs. So now he and Dom Simone are ruled out for the postseason for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The injury bug, we're not completely healthy. Nope. Now two guys that we know will not be returning. Still following us around. I mean, I should probably add that to what I'm writing for now, but that's... Yeah, the Nick Bukestad thing, the man's made of glass. Let's just keep it real. I mean, it's tough because you have, I believe, do you have the notes on his actual injury? I thought I saw it was a herniated disc in his back, and he had to get surgery for that. Yeah, that's all I saw. But for someone that tall, oh, God, a back issue. You can't mess with a back uh, issue. Yeah, especially we saw, well, we didn't see. We were not born yet. But a lot of Penguins fans saw what a back issue does to a towering figure in the mm-hmm. NHL with Mario Lemieux. Nick Bukestad is nowhere near Mario Lemieux's skill set, so playing through that is definitely not going to happen. But He's close he's to him in height. That's player. something you got to take, take care of. Yeah, so trying to get that rehabbed and fixed. Now, the timetable was eight weeks, which is curious because we both mentioned that we probably won't see hockey at any point in the next two months. Yeah, um, it's but, safe to assume that we might – if. Let's say things go on long enough. We could see Nick Bukestad again this season somehow, some way. Uh, see, I don't know. If if we would have that opportunity, I think Rutherford would have told us that. Right. And but he, he said he ruled him out for the postseason. Yeah, because it's minimum eight weeks. And like I said, it's a back issue with a guy who's – I think he's 6'6", isn't he? He's up there in st- he, stature. Yeah, I don't it, know if he's exactly 6'6". It's, it's a back problem for a very tall man. And you and I both know when you play hockey, you're hunched over a pretty good amount. I don't see, personally, this sucks to say, I just, it, but I don't see Bukestad having the same career anymore after this because it is a back issue for a tall guy in a very, in a sport that you kind of need, you need your back for. Um, I'm not saying his career is over. I'm just saying it's either not going to be the same or it's going to take a while for him to get back to pace and a lot longer than eight weeks. Yeah. Nick Bukestad is in fact 6'6", six, six, so yeah. you're right on the money with that. But I feel like, and I mentioned this to you in text last week. If it's something like a herniated disc in the back, and yes, yeah. I know it's only an eight-week quote-unquote rehabilitation period, you've been injured all year. Do not rush back into this, especially in this type of a playoff series and this type yeah. of a 24-team truncated playoffs. It is already crazy enough, and it's already going to be hard enough to keep these guys healthy. We don't need somebody who has had a really tough time staying healthy this year going into that bubble just stay do your rehab stay at home and come back next year stronger than ever and we'll talk about nick bukestad in a future episode and see mm-hmm. what do we do with him in the offseason do you try to get rid of him does his injury really change the pace of what you're going to do so we'll talk about nick bukestad in future episodes but for right now we're going to take a quick break when we return we're going to give our pitch as to why the nhl should choose Pittsburgh, the old 412, as one of its two host cities. This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved lawnmower 3.0 featuring advanced skin safe technology to keep your soldier polished and
and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, episode 61. We're brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We're also, as you heard a couple seconds ago, brought to you by Manscaped. Now we, along with the Hockey Podcast Network, are about to give away the best Manscaped products you can get your hands on. We're giving away the Perfect Package 3.0. That includes the Lawn Mower 3.0, which is one of the best men's grooming razors on the market right now you also get a pair of manscaped boxers you also get a beautiful travel bag that i will be using this weekend to go visit you horror up at the pool house you also get some other really cool manscaped products so that's more than a hundred dollars in value in men's grooming products just for free all you have to do (laughs) is go to hockeypodnet on twitter follow the instructions on the pinned tweet and the winner will be selected on Saturday, June 13th. Very simple thing to do to get some really good Manscaped products. So go ahead and do that. And if you don't want to do that, fine. Go to Manscaped. Use our code THPN for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped, your balls are going to thank you. But as I said, we are going to make a pitch for Pittsburgh being a host city. We're going to move along with here with episode 61 after I'm done promoting Manscaped, I guess is the best way to put it. But Horwat. Let's make a pitch for Pittsburgh, shall we? We're back in the Shark Tank. Oh, yes. <clears throat> I think we've done this before in an episode, haven't we? Something like it? Yeah, probably. And if we're pitching for Pittsburgh, we already know we have Mark Cuban's attention. So Exactly. <laughs> but can we get Gary Bettman's attention with it? That's the big important thing. And can we? Can he get the government's attention? Hopefully. Um, yes. But as for the pitch for Pittsburgh... Um, so we're already one of the top 10 cities and you're gonna want to probably keep it in the states because i mean i don't know where a lot of your players are right now are they staying home by their home city by their um home team city or are they back home in canada the european situation we don't know yet we can get them coming back soon though i mean phases are changing daily here in the united states it seems buddy of mine matt he doesn't think the border is going to stay closed for too much longer so that could be evened out pretty quickly, but still, as of right now, you got to make the decision to pick a city. Starting off with Pittsburgh, for one reason to start with, um, we have so many rinks here that you could use. <laughs> it's pretty easy. I mean, you have downtown, you got PPG. You have two rinks at the Lemieux Complex, so there's three already. South Point, I believe, is still open. And I know what you're looking for in an NH- in an NHL caliber caliber rink. It's the size media area i mean tv area cameras and locker room i'm sure they'd be leaning on the locker room thing for now you got those four rinks i already mentioned and rmu you could stick a tv or stick a tv camera up there somewhere 
mm-hmm. the island. It's got it's got one rink, and also if you need a practice rink, RMU's got the Olympic rink. It's a little bigger, it's Olympic sized, but you're just practicing. It'll work. Yeah, I mean, you got any more rink information? Because I got a few more if you really want it. I do have Ice Castle. The Ice Castle Arena in Castle Shannon Castle has Shannon. two NHL sized rinks. So okay, there's two more. And and realistically, you look at PPG Paints Arena. It has four professional-sized locker rooms that could house NHL teams during game days, and mm-hmm. you could do the old three games. First team in, sec- or first game, two guys in. Second game, two guys in. When the first two leave, you you wipe it down and get the last two guys in there. So PPG Paints Arena is state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line as far as arenas go. So that's great. And you mentioned, we have so many rinks, and they're all within a very good vicinity of downtown Pittsburgh. So I think you raised a good point there, and I think the NHL would be smart to look at the fact that Pittsburgh – has multiple, multiple nhl size rinks, too. Yeah. They do have some that are like RMU's Island Sports Center, mm-hmm. which is a little bit bigger. But you have at least four nhl size rinks in the area that are besides the one that you're going to be playing games on. Yeah, and that's the one cl- – and that's just close area. If you want a little bit of travel in there, I don't know how far they're willing to travel. But um, this is one I'm shocked you didn't bring up. The War Memorial. <laughs> it's hosted yes. NHL before. Why not again? It has hosted. That is where Phil Bork had his first NHL training camp and became a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, actually, down at the War Memorial. Mm -hmm. It's where I grew up playing hockey. It's where I'm probably going to hopefully play hockey for my soon-to-be brother-in-law's, what is it, the night before his wedding? I don't remember what that's called. Rehearsal dinner is supposed to be at the arena down there. So hopefully that happens. But as far as the NHL is concerned, that might be a little far, but it is a good NHL arena. There has been teams there just as recently as the first Hockeyville with the Lightning and the mm-hmm. Penguins. So and the who other, knows, that might be a And then there's the other Kraft Hockeyville winner that has escaped me where it was. but It was in Bell Vernon. That's what I thought. I knew it was Bell Vernon, which is a tad closer. So you got if, if you want to travel a little, you have some more options. I don't know how mm-hmm. far they're willing to travel, but I had this one pop into my head. If you're willing to go a little bit further out, Pagula Ice Arena at Penn State. Ooh. Oh, what a beautiful complex that is. Exactly. We know it's got quality, and we know it can house it. It's done it before. It's just a matter of doing it again and how much they want to travel. Exactly. You mentioned NHL arenas and NHL ice surfaces here in Pittsburgh. You also have to think back to the fact that Pittsburgh has held tournaments similar to this with multiple teams before. You had the Frozen Four for the NCAA. It was held here in 2013. It is also slated to host the tournament in 2021. Mm -hmm. Then you obviously have the Three Rivers Classic, which is also an NCAA tournament, but is held by the city of Pittsburgh, and it has happened every year since 2012. Now, both of those tournaments have only four teams versus the 12 teams that would be housed here if the NHL was to choose Pittsburgh as a host city. But the point being that I'm going to raise is Pittsburgh has known how to get teams in and out of the locker rooms in this arena because those tournaments happen roughly the same time that there's other stuff going on at PPG Paints Arena. So, this city knows how to quickly shift between locker rooms. It's proven it before. It is going to prove it again in 2021 with the Frozen Four, and I think they should let us prove it again here with the 2020 NHL playoffs. You're right. I mean, I can remember when the World Cup of Hockey came through for two games in the same day at PPG Paints Arena. Um, oh, they, what an event that was. I was so happy to be there. Yep, I went by myself. It was nice. They were able to file everyone in and out of that arena pretty nicely. So, yeah, like you mentioned, they're able to do it. And another reason why they're able to do that here is because we have the hotel space as well. You know you're trying to house 12 teams in one city. I mean, yes, Vegas is the lock when it comes to hotels, but that's on the Western Conference. (laughs) We got it. All those beautiful hotels are empty. 
we got some nice mm-hmm. hotels here as well. I mean, obviously, we've been hosting things before. You know, we know there's the Marriott, whatever it is, the one that's right across the street from the arena. We have Basically ho- attached to the arena. I mean, damn. Yeah, it's literally just hop, <laughs> skip, and jump away. There's multiple beautiful hotels in downtown Pittsburgh. And even, like, like we mentioned, if you're using Cranberry as a game rink if you need to, there's a couple of spots out there that have hotels because Cranberry is always hosting hockey tournaments at the Lemieux Complex. Yeah. And there, so there's no shortage of hotel space here. You could easily house 12 teams and they're oh, yeah. 50 max um, representatives. So with the small number, you're pretty well set when, when it comes to that. Now, a big thing is not just hotel space, but is the fact that according to the CBA, NHL players and personnel require a four to five star hotel anytime they're on the road the thing is i looked it up downtown pittsburgh i stopped counting because i got tired of it but downtown (laughs) pittsburgh is home to over a dozen four to five star hotels so no shortage of luxury hotels in downtown pittsburgh and that's like you said that's just downtown Mm -hmm. that's not even counting going out to cranberry where the practice facility is which is another point to bring up is you have that lemieux complex yes you have the rinks yes it's a good practice facility but it's also a state-of-the-art medical facility. Yes. It also is a state-of-the-art training facility. You have that in coordination with UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, which is one of the greatest medical conglomerates in the United States. So that close relationship that Pittsburgh has with UPMC is also going to help you confirm that these players are healthy. It's going to help you keep these players in the best of conditions when it comes to working out, when it comes to practicing, and when it comes to being able to get the medical attention that they will need if they are held into a bubble for two to two and a half months. So those are two more reasons to pick Pittsburgh. Yeah, and you know, keeping on with the medical and the health situation, they're looking for an area that is you know, relatively low in the coronavirus numbers. Allegheny County, for one, and if you want to stretch it into Butler, you can because that's where Cranberry is, is among the lowest rates, not number-wise, but among the lowest rates in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I mean, Allegheny just got, it announced the day we're recording this is going green next week to our quote-unquote green phase of reopening, which there's still, you know, holds on things, but it's a big jump. It's, you know, almost normal again. We still can't have concerts, so I'm still collecting unemployment, but... Hey, man, as long as they open up the barbershops, my hair is way too long. <laughs> I think I'm just going to have to keep letting it grow all summer again. But Yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. It's how it is. But we're, we're moving into the green area. We're moving into the green zone. Things are opening back up. Things are becoming more normal again. And that's because Allegheny County's rates and numbers have been very low since this whole thing started. As a matter of fact, I can remember one day I had to write, hey, this Allegheny County has reached this many you know, in total since the coronavirus pandemic started. That same day, the state added that same exact amount, (laughs) just (laughs) statewide. Philadelphia is getting slammed, and that hurts, that sucks, and I feel bad for the city of Philadelphia. Um, They're still in red, that whole surrounding area. They're probably not going to be moving up for a little while still. That being said, we're we're talking about Pittsburgh here. We're pretty wide open. We're going to be back to normal soon, and we have some of the lowest rates in the state, and it's a very good thing. Why not bring your people here? Because they're going to be healthy. I'll do you one better than lowest rates in the state. Allegheny County has less confirmed cases and less deaths from COVID-19 than any of the other nine finalists. Oh, I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Yeah. Any of the other nine finals. And that is by county, not by city. Yes, of but course. But by the county-wise, Allegheny County has less confirmed cases and deaths from coronavirus than any of the other nine finals. That's, you know, like I said, Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, everything, everybody that we mentioned earlier. So COVID-19 has hit hard everywhere, and the Allegheny County is no exception, right. but it has been hit less than a lot of these other finalists. Yes, and that's, you know, one thing that they're looking for. But another thing that they're looking for is the government approval. I mean, we all know yeah. this. They still need to get it from everywhere. Um, one good thing is that gov- our governor, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, he is all about the return of sports, w- unless it's, you know, Ben Roethlisberger shaving. Ooh. Yeah, no, that... <laughs> you want to talk about ridiculous? That's a side, side note for later. But Tom Wolf is all about the return of sports. He is about them coming back in a safe way. He and his department have... They have a way of approving it in sight. They have a plan for themselves that they want to enact and be able to host. They want to be the state that hosts. They are encouraging these sport leaders like Gary Bettman, um, NBA's GM, who is escaping me now. Is is Adam Silver? Adam Silver. Yeah. Tom Wolf wants guys like them to be contacting the Wolf administration and say, hey, we're trying to bring sports back. What do you guys suggest? Can we come there? Wolf is it Wolf is welcoming that with open arms and he wants it he wants those counties to be in the yellow and green phases and like I said Allegheny County's moving into green next week so we're going to be ready for it here in Pittsburgh because Wolf's approving it they just have to you know converse discuss get all the details set but I'm sure that's something that could happen very easily between Bettman and Wolf we also mentioned earlier that both host cities wherever they are should be in the same country and we already talked about this mm-hmm. There are more options in the United States with seven than just three in Canada with those finalists. Because you just you want to avoid crossing that border and possibly maybe even a two-week quarantine if that is still legislature for the conference finals, Stanley Cup finals, whenever you decide to move the team. So you would think they'd be in the same country. You would think that would probably be in the United States. But the one last point that I have, and then I'll let you have your closing remarks, is Pittsburgh is centrally located among the 12 Eastern Conference teams. Think about how, yes... Florida and Tampa Bay are going to have to come pretty far, but there's nobody that they're really close to except each other. Right. So Pittsburgh being centrally located, and I guess Columbus is also around the same area, but Pittsburgh to me is the most centrally located among the 12 Eastern Conference teams. That's not really the biggest factor, but I think that also helps the pitch. I think everything else that we stated really points to the fact that Pittsburgh is probably the best option, especially for the Eastern Conference to host the 2020 NHL Eastern Conference playoffs. I know we had mentioned closing statements coming up, but in, and we'll get to that in a minute. But you mentioned Columbus, and one thing I know is that Columbus is within driving distance of here. I know the NHL doesn't want to travel, but let's say in two months, you know, when this is all ready, if you wanted to travel a little bit, if you needed to get out of a city, and I'd say Columbus's numbers are okay, I don't know what they're looking like, I don't know what the rest of Ohio is looking like, but that's that's not too far. You can not say take a quick flight, but if you really wanted to, you know, hop on the bus for a couple hours and you're in Columbus, you can play a game there too. I know you're trying <laughs> Just, to converse it, can, can make it convenient, make it in one city. But if you want to do a little conjunction with the, with Columbus, I'm not going to deny it. Yeah, 
that's not a bad idea. Harken it back to the old slap shot days and the old minor league days and CHL days, just taking the bus. Get them on the bus, man. I mean, you know what? It'd be a nice way to get back to hockey's roots if you really wanted to. <laughs> wow. Are you a media professional or what? Or yeah, not even that. We have a great Amtrak system out here. I don't know where which, we do. I don't know which way the Amtrak goes out west, but um, we know it goes to hey, New there, York. <laughs> it goes to Chicago. There you so go. So you would think it has to go somewhere around Columbus. I don't know. So let's say Chicago's the western host city. Yeah. Hell, there you go. Just shoot an Amtrak out up an to Amtrak. Chicago, and there you go. <laughs> this is all. Things are looking up for Pittsburgh. Let me tell you. Listen, hey, I think before, other than everything else that we've said. There's one thing that needs to be done, and we need to be called by the Return to Play Committee to help figure out where they're going to go, because we've thrown out some pretty good ideas, right? I will hold on to my notes. and <laughs> I'm expecting a call from Bettman and or Chris Letang, so we'll see if that happens anytime in the next couple of weeks. But as for our final closing remarks on our pitch, let me tell you, like we have plenty of ranks. We have countless ranks for, like, if my thought was, I don't know if I'm wrong about it, I mean, you may have said four, I'm thinking... You let's say you're trying to get every game in at once. You just need to play six games at once because of scheduling conflicts or whatever. We have six ranks that you could play on. They will not need to play six games at a time. No, but that, I'm thinking that's like the max, right? Three. I would think three a day. You would do one at noon, one at three, one at seven. Okay. Whatever. One noon, five, and eight, or whatever you need to do. But you can house that all in one arena. That would be so easy. Right, but I'm just thinking... You need six max game ranks. Am I right? You can do that if need be here. Um, but you also all you have plenty of practice ranks wherever you need to go. Um, I'm sure these I'm sure these ranks would love having you know um, a little bit of reimbursement from it because they're you know dying in this time off now. You know, like I said, if you want a little bit of travel, we have surrounding areas that also have beautiful facilities. I don't know how far you want to travel. I mentioned Columbus. Even if you want to poop, shoot up to Erie, you know, Erie Insurance Arena hosts an eight or an ohl team you know you got some places all around the all around here and not only is it ranks we also have hotels everywhere we got them don't worry also the upmc that being also a hop skip a jumping away we're set we have we're gonna have daily testing for you i know that's another recommendation you want we're gonna have that no worries and tom wolf's expecting your call that's all i'm saying Yes, he is expecting the call from the NHL. Just wants to get a little bit more of the economy rolling back after all of this happening. <laughs> but say. you made a good pitch there. I'm going to stick with your closing statements. But the one big thing that you did say is that UPMC thing. I think that is going to be the big determinant is the fact that not only is UPMC all in Oakland around and around Oakland, you also have them in the building at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. You have UPMC professionals in the same building. So I think that is going to be a huge thing for the NHL and for Pittsburgh as a bid for one of the host cities. We do have one thing left, and it's a very controversial topic, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure we're going to get into a screaming match. But the question is, is the Pittsburgh Penguins postseason streak in jeopardy right now? Or did they already extend it? Horwat, balls in your court. So the way it is, is in our minds, we know – it's going to be playoff. This this is the 24-team, quote-unquote, playoff format. Okay, so the way I'm looking at it is seeing the title playoff format. Okay, we're a playoff team. Got it. So are these teams that wouldn't have been, but you had to squeeze in some more revenue. I understand Chicago and New York are in. Cool, that's fine. 
New York may have had a fighting chance, Chicago, whatever. But, hey, they're in. They're going to bring in the revenue for the league that they desperately need now. As for the playoff streak, I don't like that it's in, that it is technically and in the rule book wise in jeopardy by the by way of us being in a play in round, and that's you know because you made it this big wonky twenty four team thing that you're kind of screwing that. I'm not saying we're gonna lose or we're gonna lose that streak. I'm just saying it is something that we need to keep an eye on and not worry about because it's not the end of the world if we lose a playoff streak. I mean. It's it's not uh, it's not the end of the world, but I mean it's a uh, cool thing to still have. But over over and above all, we're trying to win a Stanley Cup. So let's say we lo- let's say we lose out of the playoffs this year, but we win the cup next year. I'm not here. I'm not whatever. I don't care. We want a fourth cup in however many years. Six, third cup in six years. Third and six, fourth since '09, six in total. The only reason this is an issue, and yes, it is silly to argue about. Well. Is our 14th straight season in the playoffs in jeopardy? I mean, it is the highest number of straight playoff appearances in the NHL currently. That's fine. But the reason that this is a question is because there's not just a lack of clarity on our standpoint as fans and as analysts of the game. There's a lack of clarity between the NHL and the NHLPA. Yeah. Because, yes, there's 24 teams returning to play. Yes, the NHL did post a bunch of pictures with the teams that are included in that 24 teams and said clinched. Mm -hmm. And usually when you say clinched, it means clinched a playoff spot but according to an article in the athletic a league source mentioned the play-ins as quote-unquote the qualifier before the playoffs right but it is still an open issue it's one of those open issues we mentioned they're trying to think of how it goes down and yes it is a big issue for the nhl and the pa you know want to know why there are players and there are general managers and there are owners who get playoff bonuses in their contracts. Oh, you're right. There are head coaches who have the same bonuses. And there are some that if they don't make the playoffs, they don't get those bonuses. They don't get that money. And in a time when all of this is really important when it comes to money, mm-hmm. how important is it is to say, well, you have to win the play-in round to get your money. So it is interesting that as of right now, there is no answer to this question. Right. Is it in jeopardy? It is in jeopardy right now. Is their streak continued? Possibly. Do they have to win? Possibly. So who knows right now because it is an open issue. But to me, how I would play it is it's not an issue. Right. It's not in jeopardy. You made the postseason. And you want to know why? Because even if they lose, which, first of all, neither of us believe that they are going to lose to the lowly Montreal freaking Canadians. And we're going to have a couple episodes to talk about that matchup. But neither of us believe in that. Right. But my thing is, How would a team that is going to finish the technically regular season, because that is what Bettman said, the regular Mm -hmm. season is over. So how would a team that finished the regular season in seventh place in the NHL not be considered a playoff team in that same year? So I have two notes. Okay. To bounce off of things you were saying. One is the technical definition of postseason. The regular season is over. Correct. Mm -hmm. The season is over. The preseason is over. You know, that is the preseason. That is the preamble <laughs> to the season. Over. Yes. Done. Now we're in the post. Post. We are after the season. So technically, if you're going to talk postseason appearances, we're there. Settled. Mm-hmm. If you're getting technical with words and terms and stuff, we went to school for. <laughs> yes. 
we understand that is a postseason uh, berth. We're there. We're in. As for playoffs, well, that, now that's when it gets tricky because we don't know what exactly is going on. I am. I don't know if it's wrong that I'm looking at it like this, but I'm seeing this round for all 24 teams because the round robin thing has to happen too for those those eight teams that advanced enough. This is kind of like a wild card game 163 type deal and mm-hmm. an MLB relation. I understand that there are differences, but I never liked the 163rd game or the wild card game. I think you shouldn't have to fight to be in. Essentially, the better team should not be missing the playoffs in my eyes of baseball. But in baseball, there's cases where the wild card team not only beat the home team, which means they were better in that night, but they also went on to go to the World Series or to the CS Series. I mean, we're Pirates fans, right? Right. Look what happened with the Cubs. Look what happened with the Giants. Those teams were clearly better than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right, and so I'm not saying... So they had the chance to show that. But this is, I mean, this isn't a baseball, but go right. ahead and continue. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's wrong that, you know, that's the way they do it. I'm just saying I never liked that idea of that kind of game because I just feel like it's not necessarily taking away from the integrity, but it is kind of giving a, an outsider a chance in. It's just, that's just my way of looking at it because let's say there was a huge gap in between wildcard teams and baseball, right? Let's say there was, I don't know how many would make sense, but let's say there's a 10 game gap in between. Woo. Okay. Five. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't matter what game you say. Yeah. It's yeah. Just 10 is wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's say five. Let's say there's a five game gap and that team was going to miss the playoffs by five games. What gives them one game to now jump to leapfrog? Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. I mean, yeah, it's usually yeah. always closer than that. I get that, but but yeah, there's happen. there's a chance that the team that is not good just comes out. It's one game. It's one game. It's yeah. the thing. And I think that's the big reason that the NHL doesn't want a one or three game play in series. And that makes perfect sense. Because you don't want to leave it up to chance. Yeah, and I understand it's great that they're doing it more than just one game. I think whenever this first got tossed around, I thought it was going to be one game and I thought that's really a bad idea. <laughs> given, yeah, it would have been awful. Given hockey's history of of any team can be any other team on any given night, um that would have gone down badly. But mm-hmm. that the, that they're doing at least five games. I thought even a best of three series would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but best I of mean, five, I like to go from there. And but like I said, now when another thing I wanted to jump onto was you mentioned the playoff bonuses. There's more than just playoff bonuses. There's regular season bonuses. There's guys that need to reach a certain amount of goals maybe to earn. Yeah, but the regular season's over. He did state that. Yeah, and I get that that's where it's gonna go, but. At the same time, Listen, it's what well, are you going to consider these games playoff games? Because no, I see from what it sounds like, if they're not considered playoff games, what I'm calling them purgatory games, right? It's hockey purgatory, and that's exactly it's not a regular season yes. game, it's not a postseason game, it is a hockey purgatory game, a specialty series. But to me, you shouldn't do that, just right. go straight to the playoffs, right? That's my opinion. It might not be what the NHL decides. If you don't make it a playoff series, it's going to be a hockey purgatory round, which to me would not be smart in the least and i honestly with what these players have gone through and i get you don't have money to spare right now but with what these players have gone through all 24 of these teams should be playoff teams right now consider playoff teams yeah and they will and they should be and they probably will be whenever this is all said and done also because i am just realizing i just answered my own question in my own head because (laughs) they are going to be tracking these stats in these as you call them purgatory games as postseason stats so there you go I think that also answers the question of playoff appearances for the Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> because 
now they're gonna those numbers will be counting maybe they'll be in like maybe forever in the history books there'll be a tad asterisk next to the players who oh are next to I that season that. i mean i hate when people say put an asterisk asterisk there they're adapting to what is happening that does not make it any lesser no, 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 I, i'm not saying it is any lesser i'm just saying oh, i'm not yelling at you i'm just yelling at the fact that people keep saying oh, asterisk yeah. and that word is now gonna trigger <laughs> me from here on out that's fine i mean the mlb home runs career leader has an asterisk next to it because of reasons but yeah well that's that, a different story of course it is. but that being <laughs> said even if even if forever and always when we look back in history books there's a tiny asterisk in um the 2019 2020 playoff stats as there were extra games played or mm-hmm. it was a different format even if that's all it says under different format due to coronavirus then we understand. We get why those numbers may be not fraud, but different or bigger because some teams might be playing more games. Yeah. And then yeah, there's... Especially, like, say the Penguins go to the Stanley Cup, and this is just purely on speculation, so don't kill me if you're not a Penguins fan. Penguins go to the Stanley Cup. Sidney Crosby scores 50 points because he played in the max amount Damn. of games in each series, which I, it ridiculous numbers, I know. But Ooh, if he yeah. had those extra games... Now the career leader in postseason points in a season <laughs> is someone is from that Crosby. season, yeah. And he's somebody from that season, but it's like in a regular playoffs, that wouldn't. I'm not going to say nobody because who knows? Right. I mean, playoff Connor McDavid could be an animal, but fifty points would be pretty unrealistic <laughs> in a regular playoff. Come on now, right? So it's, I mean, current day. I don't know in the nineties. That's that's a different story because Mario went off. But still, the final point being. The Pittsburgh Penguins, to me, have extended their streak. Currently, it's at 13, and unofficially, it's at 14, in my opinion. And that streak started in the 2006-07 season. The closest people to them are both Nashville and Washington, tied with five seasons. So they far and away have this current record, and I think it continues. What, what's your final thought on it? Um, in the technical term, it is, like I mentioned, it is the next postseason berth. But I think it, it will probably just come down to what they decide to actually call this little purgatory round of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the stats will look at it and the way um, probably fans will look at it that aren't named Hockey Troll is that <laughs> um, it's a postseason, it is a playoff. Um, the title is 2014 playoff. There is that as well. So everyone in the majority will probably look at it as um, another playoff berth, another, another year in our streak. But the legality of it and the technical, the technicality of it, um, will just depend for now, and it could be in jeopardy if, say, Carey Price gets hot and just doesn't let anything in. Yeah, let, let's let's be honest. We're not gonna have to worry about this because the Penguins will handle business in the first round. That's And the play-in <laughs> series. Sorry, I'm gonna make that mistake so many times over the next couple months. Exactly. <laughs> it's that's how it's gonna go. It's just gonna happen, and it is an interesting time to be here. We'll have to see. And I did look up. I think this is the record for playoff points because i was curious mm-hmm. and i don't know i'm just assuming gretzky has it so i just googled gretzky's stats <laughs> um okay and in the 1984-85 postseason in 18 games first of all he played 18 games he had 47 points jeez yeah that's something that's probably not going to get touched i would imagine right but also you I said mean, 47 yeah yes uh yeah, I pulled it up here. That is his number. He is number one, number three, and number four is Wayne Gretzky. I think number two, and Mario Lemieux. Hey, good. With forty-four. Oh, so even that's ridiculous, though. 
Yeah. No, like <laughs> number three and number four were both Wayne Gretzky at 43 and 40. So yep. both of those two are just ungodly good at hockey. <laughs> but that's, like you said, like it's possible. I mean, 18 games and he had 47 points. Let's say someone goes on a tear and plays. I'm assuming there'll be more than 18 games played in this playoff series. Um, yeah. In the long and short of it. And then it'll be it's possible. You just got to go on the same sort of tear that he did. He had 30 assists that 47 point season. Yeah, just, it's amazing. I can't. I have his book. I can't wait to read Wayne Gretzky's book. I'm very excited to see what he he wrote about. But that is going to be it for this episode. One more last thing before we go. I finally watched Ice Guardians on Netflix. How did you like it? I loved that documentary, especially because my great uncle is friends or was friends with Nick Fatio. So seeing him on there was hilarious mm-hmm. and seeing Jay Baruchel be brought in yeah. was great. Jay Having Baruchel, the fact that yes. Jay Baruchel was on there was awesome. So I enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it, Horwath. Mm-hmm. So we both recommend it highly. It's on Netflix. It's called ice guardians. It's all about NHL enforcers. And they talk to some of, some of the best enforcers really yeah. in NHL history and lots of talk about Bob Probert. Yeah. A lot of talk. <laughs> um, I don't remember a lot of it now because it's been so long since I've seen it, but I do remember doing recordings with you shortly after i'd seen it and i would you know really recommend it then i'm gonna continue to recommend it now maybe i'll have to just go back and rewatch it on my own time but i'm still trying to get megan to watch miracle so oh she hasn't seen it yet the one time we tried to watch it she was distracted the entire time because our food had not shown up from grubhub so oh you better tell her to be ready this weekend i'm not letting her live that down this weekend when when i come up but (laughs) hey she's trying to get it in this week so we're probably gonna get to it all right hey let me know when that happens. Well, that's different. for sure. <laughs> that is all for this one. Like I said, you can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please, 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 I'm going to beg you, <laughs> subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or just tune in. You know what? As long as you're tuning in, I'm a very happy person. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Or you can visit them at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Have a good week, guys.